Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Leprechaun Lunch on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Let's go! Get this show going, man! Am I dancing a jig? Only the Twitch viewers know. Actually, you, you could probably figure figure out that I'm not. Because, uh... <laughs> let's be honest. I would be, like, on an oxy- oxygen tank by this point. Just slap the mask on me now. Just... Oh, God. Oh my, oh my god. Breathing like, uh, like I've been jogging in the Rockies. Which is another thing you would never catch me doing. Happy Friday. A, uh, an even bigger football Friday. We've got more of it. We've got it every single day of the weekend now. Sun, like, like real Sunday games. Sunday NFL games. Last night felt good, right? Like, you know, like pretty exciting game. Team people weren't expecting, you know, to to win. Yeah, you know, like there's a lot of talk being made about the Lions, given how they performed last year, and Dan Campbell and everything that goes along with that. But nobody thought that they were going to go into Kansas City and and beat the Chiefs, right? Not on not on Super Bowl championship banner night, electric. Even more electric for Kansas City, actually. Uh, you know, that kind of a night. Really? That happened? I'm, f- I'm all for it. I am all for it. So, uh, we'll go through some, uh, some picks for the, uh, for the NFL. We'll go through some picks for the, uh, for the college weekend that, uh, that is just around the corner. So, I'll help. I'll, I'll do what I can. I'm not even sure if I'm helping at this point, but I'll do what I can to help your uh, help your wallet get a little bit fatter. Okay? Are people still really carrying wallets anymore? Actually, like, do, do a lot of people still carry cash? Like, I've got a, I sometimes have a twenty on me. Other than that, it's just cards. Anybody? No. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Drop a line, any of the socials, the, the, the Twitch account, Sports Radio 960 WSBT on Twitch, uh, or uh, any of my socials, uh, you can get to any of them through JimOnSports.com. So, I'm Jim Rosari, by the way. Hi. How are you? Happy Friday. Um, let's see. Last week pretty much went as expected, right? 
I, I would say so. You know, 56 to 3, a final. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say that that went pretty much to plan. Uh, even though <laughs> even though the line didn't come out until, like, I think, like an hour and a half before the game. <laughs> You're not helping, Vegas. You're not helping. But, uh, yeah, first team basically done by halftime. Just like we thought it would. Sam Hartman, 14 of 17, 194 yards, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown as well. Sam, just between you and me, Sam, okay, which, uh, which by the way. You know, the first game, again, it's, it's mm. a triple option offense. Uh, a lot of the- <laughs> That's not it. Uh, okay, so just when you, th- just when you think you, your, your, your musical button is there, it is not. So cool thanks to everybody who plays with the buttons around here anyway um sam don't don't do somersaults into the end zone anymore just don't (laughs) granted textbook i mean you really landed the somersault very nicely you got the chin you know into into the chest you got you know you you've just rolled through very nice job don't do it again please we're supposed to be impartial up in the press box. We also don't want to see anybody get hurt. And let's just say some hearts palpitated a little bit when that happened, okay? So let, 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 let's, just, let's just reel that in a little bit, Sam. Second and third team got, uh, got a lot of good reps, especially in the second half. Like, you kind of start seeing... You know, some of the guys, you know, where where there's a lot of depth, you start seeing some of the second teamers get in, you know, like late sec or uh, late second quarter. Um, but really got some good reps during the second half. Steve Angeli got some good reps in. Like probably the most a second stringer at Notre Dame has had out, you know, in like quite a while, really. <laughs> Typically, typically we're we're kind of like, oh god, we got to keep the first string guy in there because oh, we don't we don't have a second stringer. Steve Angeli, you know, looked the part. You know, my, you know, Sam Hartman, of course, you know, your starter. We're fine there. Steve Angeli though looked really good. Eight for 11, 130 yards, a couple of touchdown passes himself. The big long one to uh, to Jadarian Price. Mwah. He he definitely relaxed too. He he <laughs> first drive out there he did seem a little bit uh, oh god where am I? Second drive though was a l- little bit more loosey goosey, you know? Just as far as how he was carrying himself. You know? Like somebody came over to him and said, "Hey, um we're up 35 to 3." We're up thirty-five to three. You don't need to. You don't need to lead any comebacks. You don't need to do anything like that. Just go out, play some football. And Steve Angeli went, "Oh, thank God!" Like I said, solid numbers for the second stringer. Kenny Minchie got in two, two for two, twelve yards. Like, really towards the end of the game, Kenny Minchie got in, which I guess you can kind of expect. 
I won't lie. The uh, the and I touched on this in the in the post game show with Reggie last week too. Um, that first Tennessee State drive had me a little worried. There was a lot that uh, that the coaching staff could go back and say, "Hey, let's fix this, 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 and this." <laughs> to start, fifteen plays, eighty yards, ended in a thirty-eight yard field goal. Yeah, that fifteen play thing—that's that was definitely the worrisome part. Like, I kind of started looking around, going, "This has been going on for a while, right?" Sure did. However, after that, I think they had like a couple of plays, you know, six yards where they had picked up a first down early in the early in the drive, and then uh, and then they were done. Pretty well done. But a lot of missed tackles, you know, letting letting Tennessee State get to the second level, maybe even the third level where they're taking on the the, the secondary. But something. Something about this defense, man, is a little bit different. And hopefully you noticed it. It's pretty it's pretty tough not to notice this because if it wasn't happening it, like if it had been happening, it had been a while since it had happened. All right? Adjustments before halftime? What? What is this demonry you speak of? That's right. It's kind of what you get with a uh, with a pro style defense, I guess, from from with Al Golden. Especially after <laughs> last year, we we all kind of were yelling from from our rooftops. God, adjust before halftime. He listened. He listened. Mark Freeman even talked about that in his uh, in his media availability yesterday. You know, the first game again, it's it's a triple option offense. Uh, a lot of their plan was to put the corners away from where they were running the ball. Um, last game, I thought they did a good job of taking advantage of the opportunities that came their way, which there wasn't many. You know, I know one pass was called on Benjamin Morrison, but um, I've really been pleased with the way they performed. We're going to need them. Um, we know they'll be challenged. Uh, down the field this week, and um, again, I, I love the depth of the room with with Cam Hart, Benjamin Morrison, um, Jaden Mickey. Um, you'll see Christian Gray, um, obviously, and Clarence Lewis. So it's a deep room that just, again, you all might not see the production um, that really relates to that room, but in, in terms of doing their job, and um, they, they've been doing a really good job talk about the cornerbacks there actually but still cornerback shut things down secondary you know, shut things down after that first drive again adjustments before half what one negative from it of course Devin Ford still in concussion protocol after that uh, the, <laughs> the targeting penalty that wasn't on the punt return. How do you like it's really good that the that the ACC is sending their best to South Bend. 
Ugh. Ugh. So, anyway. Uh, expect Jadarian Price and uh, Jeremiah Love to get some uh, get some reps as you know on the punt return. So, in in Devin Ford's spot. Otherwise, pretty much everything status quo there. Um, they uh, the the defense really tightened up too on that uh, on that ensuing drive because you know. Ford got knocked out because, you know, he got hit in the head with a, you know, by another dude who was leading with a helmet. But it wasn't targeting. Right. So. But yeah, four plays for Tennessee State. Zero yards. And then they blocked the field goal. It's as if Brian Poley had never left. It's as if he didn't leave and go to the Colts. <laughs> it's all starting to happen again. Hopefully, anyway. Fingers crossed. I do I do love a good block punt. I'll say that. So, anyway, we're on to NC State now. On to NC State. The first real road test of the season. Probably going to be a little bit of a hostile environment. And... Um, you haven't had that at all, you know, home game, you know, home opener, the real home opener, last, you know, last week you had you know, the trip to uh to Dublin which crowd was 90-10 Notre Dame. NC State not not going to have that kind of proportion to it. Not at all. Going to be a little bit of a hostile environment. What do you say? What do you say to your team as they're uh, as they're facing their first real road test? of the season, especially the fresh. What do you say to them, Marcus Freeman? It's a, a talented room that, that has uh, a lot of guys. You try to um, explain yeah. what it's going to be like. You try to show them a video and, and just tell them, um, hey, this is kind of the environment you're going into. Nothing's going to be able to truly catch them up until they get the experience of going there and, and playing in a hostile environment. So Chuck, you try to just update. You try to just give them uh, a a visual of what it's going to be like. Um, you try to do crowd noise in practice so they hear, understand um, how to execute with with um, nonverbal communication. But until you're actually in that element, um, it, you can't simulate it. And so we have to do a good job of, of being able to execute to take out hopefully some of the, the distractions, the crowd noise, and the things that aren't within the white lines. I mean, you can have a damn rock concert going on like a loud one too, you know, like like Dio circa 1995 or so where uh, you know, volume knob going to 10. Nah, we're going to take this to 13. I went to a Dio show in uh what year was it? Um 2000 2001 no, 2003, late 2003. Um, and my ears still ring from it. It's loud. I mean, stupid me for not having ear protection. Yeah, okay. You can blame me for that, but Jesus, Ronnie. Anyway. Running backs. Running backs have been uh, pretty much having their way, especially Audric Estime. 
Audric's off to a fine start this year. Off to a fine start. But so is that entire running back room. Last week, four-headed monster. Like, that's... That's ridiculous. I think every team in college football would kill to have something like that. A rushing attack that deep. So how do you keep all those guys fed? How do you keep them happy? How do you keep them from going, I'm not getting carried. Well. It's a, a talented room that that has uh, a lot of guys that can help us. And, and I love what Coach Dillon is doing in terms of having certain packages for certain guys and, and um, being able to really um, – use all the the positive attributes that they have and so um again it it takes uh, a great coach but a great room to continue to be unselfish because there's one ball but everybody's embracing a role and um really helping our offense perform at a high level indeed uh so that's the offensive side of the ball that's the offense uh the defense that the offense is going to have to face, the North Carolina State defense, that is, um, that's, a, that's a test. That's a real test. They got some speed, man. They're fast. They are really fast. Right, Marcus? Yeah, they're an attacking, aggressive group. And um, you, they play extremely hard. And uh, that's something that you don't always see every week is a group that's so downhill, attacking and aggressive. Um, they, they pressure from all different ways. And, and sometimes they might might not even be pressuring, but their backs are playing um, so fast downhill that it might seem like a pressure. And so um, and then all of a sudden they'll drop eight. So they do a good job of mixing it up. Um, but. We understand that this is going to be a, a very aggressive defense that's really good. They play fast. And, and what you realize is that they're clear on their assignments because we always say, man, clarity equals velocity, and those guys play with, with a lot of velocity. But I will say this. It's probably going to be, you know, if I can have a key factor of the game, sponsored by Key Bank, um, the running backs against the North Carolina State defense. Might be leaning on the running backs a little bit more tomorrow just because of the weather. And stop me if you've heard this before about a game at North Carolina State against Notre Dame. (laughs) Stop me if you've heard that before. We all remember, right? 2016, when they played in a damn hurricane. Tomorrow's not supposed to be that bad. All right, it's not supposed to be anywhere near hurricane level. It's not, you know. Kenny Minchie isn't going to be picked up by the wind and 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 blown, you know, 10, 10 rows up. It's not going to be, ha- you know, that's not going to happen. Could have in 2016, to be perfectly honest. It's not like Kenny's exactly a small guy either. But it's still going to be pretty damn wet. Chance of rain continue, you know, continuing to increase as the uh, the mid morning gives way into the afternoon. So, how, how do you prepare for that? No, I think yeah, we we've had a few wet ball practices, right? Where, where we essentially went out in the rain during fall camp, um, and and had to make sure we go out there and understand that 
no matter what the elements are, we have to go out there and perform. And, uh, you know, we have a plan. We've talked about it amongst us, ourselves of the staff that, hey, if it, if it rains during a game, what's our plan? We had to do the same thing for Ireland. You know, we, the, the, the forecast called for rain uh, in Ireland. And so we have a plan. Um, we are always in communication in terms of, hey, what uh, playing complimentary football, what's necessary? And so um, to, to answer your question, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have a plan, but also have communication in terms of um, what's best for both sides of the ball. Um, is it under center? Is it in the gun? Um, how can we make sure that we have a chance to execute and, and not hurt ourselves because we don't have a plan for the, uh, the elements that could, could be there on Saturday? So basically, I think anyway, you get the running attack going early against that defense. It'll open things up for the passing game. Sure, absolutely. How wet the ball is going to be, who knows? You know, like it's like I said, it's not hurricane, but it's still rain. Could have a you know a little bit of a case of the dropsies all around. But he can work around that when the running game is moving. He could just, you know, keep giving the running backs the ball. North Carolina defense, you know, shuts down the running game. Uh-oh. A little bit more pressure on the wide receiving core. A little bit more pressure on Sam Hartman. This is a test. This is a test. I think Notre Dame's going to pass the test. I think they're going to get into the, I think they're going to crack the top 10 because of it. I guess technically they already have cracked the top 10 if they're at number 10, but, you know, getting into those single digits, you know? We shall see. That uh, That is what we have tomorrow. Um, of course, uh, this program right here, Leprechaun Lunch, it's brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air. Ask how you can get free maintenance for life and save like a champion today. Also by South Bend Orthopedics. Trusted in the community for 75 years. Uh, noon kickoff, which means uh, we're going to be up early. Again, I wake up really early, you know, all through the week. And tomorrow's going to stink on it. And it's not It's not even the first. <laughs> this isn't going to be the only noon kickoff. I think we could have up to four. Got this game. The Duke game, still TBD as far as a kickoff time. Louisville, TBD. Clemson, if Clemson continues stinking and that game gets pushed out of a primetime nighttime slot. Possible noon kickoff. Ugh. We get started really, really early tomorrow morning. 6 a.m. Uh, replay of uh, Wake Up the Echoes. Coming your way 6 a.m. here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Then Tim Growl and myself, we've got Legacy uh, Heating and Air Game Day right after that, 7 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow, holy cow, we are, we're waking up a full slate of people. Got former Valpo and Notre Dame running back James Aldridge. We've got uh, another uh, former running back as well for Notre Dame, also in the NFL. Adams grad, Anthony Johnson going to be joining us. We've got uh, All-American and three-time, three-time, three-time NFL Pro Bowler Bob Golick. That'll be fun. And then uh, from uh, from points 
points unknown. We're going to check in with uh, with retired broadcaster and award-winning broadcaster Jack Nolan. It'll be good to good to hear what Jack's up to these days. Tony does a great job. Tony Simeone does a great job, but I miss Jack on the basketball calls. I'm not going to lie. After game day, we've got game day sports be presented by Bud Light at 9 a.m. Darren and Eric will be here in the studio. Tyler's going to be out at uh, at North Carolina State in Raleigh on the ground there. So uh, we'll be checking in with uh, him throughout that show. Notre Dame Radio Network takes over at 11. The official Notre Dame football postgame show follows after the game. Myself and uh, and Reggie, Bar- Reggie Brooks put a uh, a nice tidy little ribbon on uh, on Notre Dame and North Carolina. Like I said, coverage starting at 6 a.m. tomorrow right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're going to talk some uh, some college betting numbers because why not? Get you the Notre Dame line, all that coming up here. Leprechaun Lunch rolling on on 960 WSBT. Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Again, the weather won't be the deluge like it was back in 2016. Although hydroplaning football can be fun. You know, like, like as long as you're in like a, you know, box seat or on your couch at home. <laughs> That's when hydroplane football is fun. Uh, Leprechaun lunch rolling on. Notre Dame favored tomorrow. Seven and a half point favorite tomorrow. That's going off at, uh, at minus 110. Moneyline is a, kind of a ridiculous number. I wouldn't play Moneyline. Like, I think Notre Dame's going to win. I wouldn't play Moneyline, though. No. Minus 300? And that's to start, and that may get worse. <laughs> Bet five dollars, get one. Wee. Not exactly what I call a great profit. Uh, the over under the uh, the point line uh, that's going off at fifty and a half. Probably you know with depending on the rain, I guess. Yeah, definitely the rain. It's stinking rain. But if Sam Hartman can get you know two three touchdowns in the rain, we'll uh, we'll start talking about uh, his odds to win the Heisman. I think after that. But yeah, fifty and a half the uh, the point total. Uh, still, I, I'm leaning towards the under the the play that I would make here, as far as uh, if I was making a play on the Notre Dame game. Would definitely the point spread. Definitely be the point spread. Minus seven and a half in some spots. Minus seven in others. But uh, a pretty good number at minus 110. Notre Dame has won 28 straight regular season games against ACC opponents. That dates back to late in the 2017 season. That's a long time. They've got 
an amazing offensive line. Is NC State a, a, a grass field or is it a, a, a turf field? I can't remember. Mm. I'm going to have to look that up. But regardless, they seem to be the type of guys who enjoy playing in the elements. Plus the running game, it's going to open things up for the passing attack for Sam Hartman. As long as uh, you, know, you got got the extra sticky gloves today, you know, tomorrow, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. NC State's offense, I, you know, outside of Brennan Armstrong as a playmaker, there's that name again, by the way. <laughs> Very A familiar name for some of us around here. Brennan Armstrong transferred to NC State um, from Virginia. Followed his offensive lineman or uh, offensive coordinator to, to NC State. But outside of Brennan Armstrong, they they had their troubles against UConn. UConn's getting better. It's not the number 10 team in the country. This is a big step up in competition from UConn for NC State. Like I said, spread. Notre Dame covers the spread. Minus seven, minus seven and a half, depending on where you go. Maybe even minus eight. But uh, jump on that number now. All right. Let's see. Some other games going on this weekend. I got a lot of games here. It's not every game, but you know the, the ones interesting enough to make me go... Yeah, let's see what these are. Illinois-Kansas, one of those games, actually. That goes off tonight at uh, at 7.30. By the way, also uh, IU hosting Indiana State, so... Keep, keep your eyes open for an upset there. Anyway, Illinois at Kansas at 7.30 tonight. Uh, Illinois' defense, not what it was last year. They lost a bunch of defensive players. They all went to the draft, and it showed last week. They allowed 28 points at home to Toledo. Now they're on the road facing a Kansas offense that averaged 35.5 points per game last year. But if there's one thing that Illinois can do, they can turn it into a track meet. Illinois scored 30 points last week. Jayhawks' biggest liability is their defense. It's always has been. That's never been a good defensive team. I remember the days where we could just say, it's never been a good team at Kansas. <laughs> Both offenses should take advantage of bad defenses. Point total going over 57 and a half. Uh, tomorrow's games, one of the uh, noon kickoffs besides Notre Dame at North Carolina State. Purdue at Virginia Tech. I like Purdue covering here. They've got some things to work out on defense, okay? You saw that last week with the loss at home to Fresno State. Like seriously, you can't you can't you can't be doing that on on new coach's home opener. His first home opener. That sounds like a sentiment I had last year. Anyway, uh, 
The offense, though, fine. <laughs> the offense was fine. Uh, I don't know what part of Virginia Tech you could look at and think the same thing. Another off year for the Hokies. Uh, some people may want to trust Grant Wells as a favorite. I'm not one of them. I think Purdue's going to pull the upset. They cover the spread. Plus three is the number there at uh, at minus 110. So Purdue, I like, uh, let's see, Utah at Baylor. Another, another noon kickoff, but not a big noon kickoff. Uh, Utah's at Baylor. Uh, Cam Rising could be ready to go for this game. Even then, I'm still backing Utah. Just like last week against Florida, I think Utah knows it can afford to not rush Cam Rising back into action and still get a win. Baylor really struggled running the football. They lost to Texas State last week. Lost to Texas State last week. Lost to Texas State last week. Okay? In case you didn't hear me the first three times. Lost to Texas State. If that's the case against the Bobcats, it's going to be extremely problematic against Utah. Bears going to be made into a rug. Utah's going to you know, going to have to score a little bit to get the win and cover, but I don't think they're going to have to work any any less hard than they did last week against Florida. So like Utah covering seven and a half points going off at minus one hundred five. Nebraska at Colorado, that a big noon kickoff. <laughs> We've all been gushing over Deion Sanders this week, and deservedly so. I mean that that was a hell of a game his his kids played last week. Shador Sanders, do not call him Deion's son, Shador Stan- Sanders. Okay. Do not say that Shador Sanders is the quarterback because Coach Prime is his dad. No, Shador Sanders is the truth, man. I hope you got to watch some of that. Like, they've been... <laughs> FS1 has been replaying that game ad nauseum all week, and with good reason. Nebraska's defense however, is not TCU's defense, okay? Nebraska's defense is a lot better. They were excellent against Minnesota last week, even though their offense clearly has a ways to go and they came up with new and exciting ways to lose a game. But the defense was excellent last week for Nebraska. This seems like one of those, you know, I mean, after the big offensive explosion, I'm not seeing as many points as last week. I'm not seeing 87 points coming up, coming up the uh, the turnpike here. Low to mid 20s. I mean, Colorado's Colorado certainly helped keep that attract me with the offense. But uh, as far as that going, you know, over 59 and a half, uh-uh. I'm taking the under on Nebraska, Colorado. 59 and a half. Make sure you get that number, too. That's a minus 110. Uh, Texas A&M is at Miami. This is uh, just all, uh, all, I, you know, all eye test here. 
They looked the part against New Mexico, A&M did. Which uh, made me feel a little better, actually. I know it's tough to feel good about it, you know, about Jimbo Fisher and all, but the Aggies kind of did it last week. Miami was good. They didn't... They, they had their troubles against Miami, Ohio in the Confusion Bowl. Jimbo Fisher is an incredible 15-0 in road or neutral site games played in Florida. He's 60-9 and coaching games overall in the state of Florida. Why the hell did he leave Florida State? Aggies win by a touchdown. Let's say, you know, 27 to 20, something something in that range. Texas A&M is going to cover that four-and-a-half-point spread at minus 110. Oregon's at Texas Tech. Man, Oregon dropped 81 points. Uh, Sure, Portland State. But 81 points, regardless of who your opponent is, is still pretty impressive. Texas Tech, meantime, lost to unranked Wyoming in double overtime. Why was this line less than a touchdown? What's Vegas trying to tell us? What does Vegas know? Well, they know that the Red Raiders have won 23 straight home openers. They know that the Red Raiders were 4-2 against the spread as an underdog last year. They know that the Red Raiders were 5-2 against the spread at home in 2022. Their quarterback, Tyler Schuff, former uh, Oregon quarterback. So you don't think he's got that uh, you know, tomorrow circled on his calendar? Has had it circled on his calendar for some time now? This game going to be one of those barn burners again. I'd rather this line be at like 7.5 as opposed to 6.5. Kind of open things up a little bit, give us a little bit of an option for... Uh, for Texas Tech. But I'm going to roll with Tech on this one. They'll keep it close. They might even spring the upset on Oregon. So, Texas Tech plus six and a half. Going off at around uh, 105, depending on where you go. Uh, Southern Miss at Florida State. Uh, I only bring this up. I don't think this is going to be exactly a close game at all. Uh, But I say this in regards to Florida State. They... They might be that good after all. They're number four in the country now, in case you didn't, you know, in case you didn't see that this week. Their second half before they looked unbelievable against LSU in the second half. They could not be stopped. They've also won seven in a row. And sure, dating back to last year, but they've scored between 35 and 49 points in each one of those games which I totally expect them to do again this week against Southern Mississippi. They're improved. They should be able to score you know, a couple of times against Florida State. 52.5 seems low, so take that number. Take the over on that number at minus 115. Uh, USC getting another uh, Pac-12 matchup. This one against Stanford. To, <laughs> in the who can get out of the conference the quickest bowl. That's uh, a Pac-12 after uh, after dark game. I like the over there. The over's hitting the in the uh, 
the Trojans' last 10 games. That's the fourth longest streak in the FBS since 1995. In those 10 games, the combined point total is almost 80 points per game. USC averages 46 of those in each of those contests. Cardinals going to try to play ball control early, but once they get down, bombs away, son. USC is going to score 50-plus for the third straight week. Stanford's going to push this over with a late touchdown or two. 69.5, take the over for Stanford and USC. And then finally, uh, probably the biggest game of the day, Texas-Alabama, that's a 7 o'clock game. It's on ESPN, by the way, not ABC. Uh, basically asking yourself, will both Texas and Alabama each score four touchdowns in this game? And I think that they can. Crimson Tide, you know, the defense looked good. Middle Tennessee State, okay. But the tackling was up, and the penalties were down from last year. Remember when, you know, you could just hike the ball against Alabama and the flag would come out? Not the case this year. There are a few injuries to deal with, sure. A lot in the secondary, though, and they are deep in the secondary, so they can probably withstand that. Texas, uh, the offense can go. If the run, (coughs) excuse me, if the run game is there, they could probably put up four touchdowns. Bama's offense has a QB that, you know, Jalen Milrow starts running the ball. He kind of starts in fifth gear. He's the fastest guy on the team. That's a problem. This game's legit too. That's that's gonna be the game of the gonna be the game of the weekend. I think in college ball, Texas at Alabama. Ride the points. Fifty-four and a half is the point total on that. What is Vegas smoking there? So, there you go. That's what I think. Coming up, you know, we got this little thing called the NFL. Talk a little bit about last night. I didn't see too much of the game last night, but I I caught some highlights. Some observations. Coming up next, Leprechaun Lunch rolling on on Sports Radio 960 WSBT3. Leprechaun Lunch brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air. Ask how you can get free maintenance for life and save like a champion today. Also by South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. Lots, lots of football on the uh, Midwest family of stations here in South Bend over the course of this weekend. Tonight, Mishawaka uh, hosts Goshen at Steel Stadium. Coverage there starts uh, 640 tonight on 96.1 The Ton. Uh, the Colts are hosting Jacksonville at noon, uh, starting at noon on Sunday. That's when the uh, Colts Radio Network hits the air on 96.1 The Ton. Uh, the B- Da Bears uh, hosting the Packers. 2.30 is when the coverage starts on that game. 2.30 on Z94.3 on Sunday. Uh, and then here on WSBT, we've got Dallas at the Giants, the Sunday night game. That starts at 7.30. Buffalo at the Jets. So... Four teams all crowding around New York. Are there enough hotels? Who knows? Buffalo at the Jets tomorrow night after Cave- Caveman Corner. Uh, like around 745 or so. We'll uh, we'll join that pregame show in progress. So, plenty of football. And of course, you know, all day tomorrow, uh, starting at 6 a.m. with Notre Dame and NC State. Coverage starting at 6 a.m. 
Oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, dear God. We continue making your wallet fatter, hopefully, God willing, please. NFL picks. I got plenty of these, too. Uh, This one kind of seems like a little bit of a cheap bet. Won't lie. Awfully cheap. Miles Sanders, anytime touchdown scorer, going off at plus 165. Awfully cheap bet there. I mean, never mind the fact that he had 11 touchdowns last year in Philly. He's the clear number one goal line back with Carolina. Yeah, groin injury early in camp, but he's not on the injury report, so I'm guessing that's fine. And, you know, you got rookie quarterback Bryce Young making his uh, NFL debut. And you have said rookie quarterback without his top wideouts in DJ Shark and Adam Thielen. So what do you think the Carolina Panthers are going to be doing all day tomorrow in Atlanta? Sanders probably gets a few more pass targets because of that, too. Hasn't had a receiving touchdown since its rookie year, but the chances for an anytime touchdown from Miles Sanders just increases with, with DJ Chark and Adam Thielen not being in there. So Miles Sanders for Carolina... Anytime touchdown score against Atlanta tomorrow. That game kicks off at 1 o'clock. Uh, San Francisco is at Pittsburgh. Oh, hey, did you did you hear that they they got Nick Bosa back? Hey. They suffered a number of losses in the offseason. Like, I think more than people realize. Like, I think the offensive line could be an issue after Mike McGlinchey's uh, departure. Tack that up with, you know, the Steelers having an elite pass rush as always. TJ Watt could be uh, could be fed early and often in that game tomorrow. They also lost their defensive coordinator. Sure, like I said, Nick Bosa's back, but, I mean, he just signed, what, yesterday, the day before that? You think he's in football shape? You think he's going to be playing, you know, every play on defense? I don't. Brock Purdy, he looked fine in some limited preseason work, but now he has to do it over four quarters. At least they still got, you know, CMC, they got Debo, they got Brandon Ayuk still. Offense are fine, but they lost they lost more than you think on defense. I think I think Pittsburgh hangs. Kenny Pickett's supposed to be making a step up this year. I think Pittsburgh hangs. I think they, uh, I think they cover that uh, that point spread there, and also there, there's also the obligatory CMC anytime touchdown scorer <coughs> at minus one ten. Do I even need to explain myself on that front? Do I? Do I twitch? Arizona's at Washington. And, uh, woof. <laughs> Eric B. Enemy's the new OC there. That by itself makes, uh, makes that offense a little bit more dangerous. They're not going to be the slowest team in the league like they were last year. That, that offense is going to move. Sam Howell's going to put some points up against this Cardinals defense, too. You're going to need a program 
for as many new faces that are on this Cardinals defense. Underrated Washington receiving uh, receiving core too. I mean, what what more does Terry McLaurin have to do? Washington's going to cover and then some. Uh, a seven-point spread there, too. But, yeah, Washington's going to cover. Let's see. Tennessee's at New Orleans. And of course, uh, you know, people like to joke, Remember the Titans! Well, go ahead and do that. And, and remember that horrific pass defense that you saw down the stretch last year. Ugh. This Tennessee defense, they're, you know, better health. Than, than last year. They've got the perfect DNA for winning on the road. They've got Mike Vrabel, too, who I think is underrated as a coach. He thrives as an underdog, too. 20-20 and 20 straight up. 23-16-1 against the spread in his career when his team's an underdog, though. Grab the points, all right? Three-point spread. You won't need them. I think Tennessee could pull this one out. That's a 1 o'clock kick. In New Orleans. Uh, Miami is at the Chargers. I think uh, Raheem Mostert's going to go over 56.5 total rushing yards. That number's rising, too, because people are going, yeah, we agree with that. Uh, The Chargers gave up a league-high 5.6 yards per carry last season. Don't really know how much they've improved in that area. Raheem Mostert, like I said, should get the... uh, Get the bulk of those carries from Miami. And they're going to want to limit the pass rush from Khalil Mack and uh, and Joey Bosa at the same time. So, yeah, expect Raheem Mostert to, to get fed tomorrow. He's also never averaged less than 4.9, uh, 4.9 yards per carry in any season. Raheem Mostert, another one of those underrated dudes in the NFL. And then, uh, let's see. Let's check out the uh, the Bears game, too. Uh, Here's my bet for the Bears game. Christian Watson going over 50.5 receiving yards. Total receiving yards. It looks like he had a fairly pedestrian rookie season, but that couldn't be any further from reality. He led all rookies in yards per route run, posting an excellent 2.27. That number finished ahead of Jamar Chase, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins. Insert other excellent wide receiver name here. He's got elite physical traits. I think Jordan Love, if he's smart, uh, made a connection. And he's going to be facing a Bears defense that gave up the 10th most receiving yards to opposing wide receivers last year. Christian Watson, over 50.5 receiving yards total tomorrow. That's going off at minus 115. So, there you go. Enjoy week three in uh, in college football, enjoy, or week four, depending on how you look at it, uh, and the rest of week one in the NFL. I'll see you tomorrow bright and early. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 